welcome to Mad Beef, the Australian Rollerblading Podcast. I'm Mikey Lynch, and we have a special episode today. I'm Skyping into China to talk with Australian Sever Skates rider Ollie Chaya. It took ages to plan this. What began as comments on Instagram then came an Instagram message conversation, then a Facebook messenger conversation, and then it finally came together. He's a busy guy, got a lot of stuff on, and it's a great fun conversation, so I hope you enjoy it. Hey man, thank you so much for being willing to do this, huh? Uh, not a problem, man, not a problem. I've seen what you've been doing um, for the Mad Beef yeah, podcast, yeah. so it's like, yeah man, it's 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 like pr- uh, pretty much a pleasure and an honour to jump on that, you know? Sweet, man, cool. Well, sh- how about we just jump into it, and you know, I'm sure you've got plenty else going on, so I've just got a bunch of questions here, and you say what you want to say, yeah. sound good? Cool. Awesome. So first up, I, I had the, the double-barreled question, what should I call you, Ollie or Oliver? And is it Chaya, or how do I say your surname? Man, you actually said that correct, Chaya. Because, um, look, uh, you know, the more formal name's Oliver, but that's what my mum calls me when I'm in trouble and everything. So, And it's just easier for everyone to just say Ollie. Yeah. And it's kind of throwing it in the skateboarder's face, like, ha-ha. Ollie. Ah, nice one. <laughs> um, what's the weirdest attempt at pronouncing your name that you've heard, or what's the kind of common one you get? Oh, man, I get Kazaja, Kazazaja, and there's so I've, – I've heard so many, I couldn't even honestly tell you what's the weirdest. <laughs> Where, what's the um, nationality? Where's it, where's the, what's the uh, heritage? Uh, Polish. Okay. Hey, I'm, I'm married a Polish girl, so – She's from the Marshalaks oh, wow. or something, but her mum changed her name to Marshall because it was easier for Aussies to say. So there you go. Yeah, uh, like that, that's why I've got that that hidden little Facebook account. Chaya, <laughs> <laughs> good one, man. So you're like you're like skating for like a theme park or something over in China. Is that is that the deal or what's the why China? No, nah, no. Nah. All right, well, well, what the actual go is, I skated in a theme park in 2014 and 15. I, I came back over here this time to be with my girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, she's Brazilian and she's studying Chinese. So I've actually, I'm not working in a theme park uh, or anything like that now. Uh, I've currently, uh, actually, we've just opened up the uh, inline uh, school yep. center and pretty much... I wanted to come back because there's no stereotypes with uh, inline BMX skateboard. It's all it's all friendly love over here. There's no like outside influence from yeah. America or any other of the Western countries. So you know, there's no such thing as fruit burner or fag, any of that stuff. Honestly, yeah. so and. When I first came here, we would go to like a little uh, shopping mall, and at the front there was probably about over a hundred little kids, and even grandma and grandpa on rollerblades, just riding around doing freestyle, free skate slalom. Nice. I said, "Whoa, okay, now that's that's something you don't see every day," and it really showed that the 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 sport, the lifestyle, is somewhat underground, but. It can be nurtured in a way to stop any of the bad stereotypes. That's Whereas awesome. if I stayed, if I stayed in Australia, it would be, you know, I think we'd probably have a crowd of about two hundred to a thousand people to try and, yep. you know, that, that it's a, it's a small number compared yeah, to man. the capacity of the, the population. But 
over here you've got over a billion people and and they're up for it that yeah they 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 genuinely are there's there's no hate towards like i've i've been out skating on the street and like skateboarders bmx has come up and they sort of they try and talk it's a little bit of broken english chinese but it still works because we all have a common interest. We're all doing what we love. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, I think the best of it is like that here. Uh, you know, now I think there's a sense in which, uh, if anything, maybe scooters become the new enemy and rollerblading's become so rare now that it's kind of, you know, like the younger skater or BMXer kind of hasn't seen it before and so just goes, wicked. look at the potential. And the older people are now too old and crusty to kind of keep the old grudges quite the same way so it's kind of nice in some ways it's changing but but yeah a whole new world with china hey and um as you say oh it is yeah and honestly there's opportunity around every single corner here and skate spots as well yeah like you know you could you know like on one corner you'll see the 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 perf the perfect marble ledge outside of a bank Mm. and the security guards are looking at you because you're sussing out a bank you put your skates on wax it up they, they, they end up trying to take photos with you, and they say, yeah, keep oh, going, man. keep going. This is, cool. It's, it's real nice. The, um, the only places you shouldn't really skate are, like, government official buildings yeah. because that's kind of like a national security risk. Yeah. But, you know, if you're in a different country, you live by their laws, cultures, yeah, yeah. and, uh, yeah, nothing comes of it. What do they call it in China, in Mandarin? What's the, the name for inline skating? Uh, you've got Hua Bing. That's a little bit more on the side of uh, like recreational freestyle. Yeah. Because um, I'm, I'm I'm just about to be studying uh, Mandarin a bit more, so my pronunciation isn't there. Mm. But there's actually another word for the aggressive side of inline. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yep. Can you uh, can you say uh, it? You do your attempt? <laughs> uh, hold up. I'll actually just. Uh, speak with the missus because I think she remembered it yeah, yeah. but I'll just double check it yeah man it's good to know yeah so the uh, aggressive inline side is Hua Han Bing Hua Han Bing yeah okay yep cool awesome <laughs> very good man cool okay now I've got um, I mean you can t- say any, talk about anything you want to talk about I've only got a couple quick questions so first one is like, are you still skating for Seba is that right definitely definitely we're actually yeah, yeah. just in um uh, yeah, definitely I am. I've been skating with them since February of 2016. Yeah, yeah. And you had skated for Valo before as well, is that right? Yeah, I skated for Valo back in 2007 mm, to mm. Um which I ended up uh, – I took I, I took three years out because I actually uh, – I, I said that lovely word, one more, and it was oh, on a forward 1080. Yeah. And um, – <laughs> I landed wrong. My, my ankle completely just twisted out, uh, like popped out the wrong way in the Valo skates. Um, and I can go into real detail that I ended up meeting Julio when he came out to Waterloo. Yeah. I think it was 2009 for um, uh, the Valo tour they did in Oz. And I was on my crutches and I said, yeah, this, this kind of happened. You know, just put a bit of research into the, uh, the cuffs and whatnot mm. and probably didn't take that too well. Yeah. So I still ended up skating them. Um, I went through about three carbon shells. And I'm a light kind of guy. It takes a lot to break them. Uh-huh. But I, I eventually cracked them. And I just I couldn't afford a new pair when I was over here in 2015. So I jumped on the Razor Colts. Yep. Big, the good old big frame, 72 mil. 
um, which I was like sort of practicing, getting ready for feasts, yep. which man, feasts is amazing. Sebra have come in with, in terms of aggressive, just with this like kind of top shelf thing, right? With the CJ carbon and now just with the plastic, it, they just sort of entered in and just went, <laughs> you know, and chucked this, well, this massive thing out uh, there, right? Yeah. Yeah, and like the, the reason um, when, when I first got approached, I said, "Well, to, to be honest, uh, you know, I'm on well living in Australia, um, New Zealand, Tasmania. It's it's kind of a high price of living, so I, I honestly couldn't afford a pair to just try them out. So I said, okay, if if I can get one, I'll try them out. And even uh, Shane Yost has the same size foot as me, so I just tried his on." Um, one, one night at Monster and I, the second I put my foot in, I was like, whoa, okay. These feel phenomenal. Just, just the feeling. And because he had, uh, big frames, I think the 65 or 72 mil Cosmos, I really didn't want to try and grind around on them. I didn't want to ruin because come on, Cosmo wheels, they're like ancient mm-hmm. and they're rare as hen's teeth to find. Yeah. So I just, I had to play around, had a feel and they were actually the the, the grey uh, Sabre CJs. And they've actually, from the grey ones, they were the first liners. A lot of people said the liners were just ripping, falling apart. Yeah. But then the uh, Sabre Greens, uh, they've, they've fixed that problem because I actually had a pair for over a year. I let other people put them in, sweaty, not sweaty. They, they didn't even rip at all. Sweet. Not a single thing happened to the liner. They're absolutely sweet. So I'm actually waiting to get my hands on the new ones yeah. because I, the CJ Sabre Greens, they, they're very supportive. They, they give you flex, but the Sabres are a very precise skate. Like I literally had to relearn where my backside plate was, whether wow. like to how to lock certain things. But, um, for anyone like wanting to jump on the Sabre bandwagon, jump on those skates, I really would say, you know, give them a go. They like, they're, they're not for everyone because the, the support in them is very good. The flexibility is good. And, uh, there's different ways of lacing them up to give you extra flex, to be extra tight. Yep. Um, it's, it's, it, to me, they're a really customizable skate in themselves because I have my lacing system just to the ankle area. But do they lace right up underneath the buckle? Are they that kind of skate? Like, Yeah, they, the lacing goes right up above the buckle. Yeah. So yeah, that's effectively, cool. if you if you wanted to use them as, let's say, on the mega ramp, uh, something that intense where you need everything to be tight, perfect. But then if you wanted to have them on street where you wanted to like have them very loose, flexible – you know, you just change the whole buckle yeah, yeah. Uh, lacing system, and you've even got the crank heel strap. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It's like it's, it's like they've got less skates, but they've got something, as you just said there, that has lots of, you know, like it's customizable in the way you use it. So it's not necessarily always about a company putting out lots of different separate products, but just going, let's do something damn good that people can then adjust depending on how they want to use yeah. it. Mm. Yeah, it's like from the get-go, they put a lot of uh, effort and design into the first ever process of it. Uh, And like, it wasn't just, oh, hang on, let's just make a mold and just get it out there and sell it kind of a thing. I actually see that they they did a lot of engineering and R&D behind it. Uh, So, and and again, I won't endorse anything if I actually don't really love it um, and I want to use it, which is, uh, I recently jumped on a pair of physics frames because... I got into the sport in about, 
0506, where physics frames sort of fizzled out around that time, mm. so I couldn't get my hand on a pair. Um, oh. So literally, uh, I've, I've been playing around with them quite quite a bit. Uh, I've got a couple of little cheeky things in the works. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it also, like the city I'm in, uh, it's very flat. So finding a nice big set of stairs uh. is quite hard. <laughs> I've already checked out over, you know, a 50-kilometer radius and found about two big gaps, like yeah, wow. uh, 18, 18 flat 18. Because I kind of want to all, – all the new role-baiting content I've got coming out is I want to bring back the stuff from 2000s because that's what I will, that's what I grew up watching. Yeah. You know, like Alex Bruskow in Leading the Blind. Yeah, yeah. Um, like all the all the technical stuff from Chris Farmer, yep. uh, again baggy Chris Farmer. <laughs> <laughs> but don't get me wrong, Chris Farmer is an amazing oh, skater. Sure. He's still he's still shredding to this day. Like, come on, negative top acid yeah. or top acid to a negative top acid? What? Are you kidding? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and it's it keep evolving and changing and, and all that kind of stuff. It's great to watch that. It was, it's so fun, actually, isn't it? Watching those guys, young and baby faced and baggy. I was watching something the other day, and it was like. It was Haffy, Farmer, Broscow, all kind of dressed in sort of hip-hop gangster sort of gear, all looking like they're 12 years old. And it's so funny going, these guys are still pushing things, doing things, you know, at now. You know, it's quite cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, like so I grew up watching that and uh, I've got to do a shout-out to a, a, a homie of mine who was somewhat of a mentor and just a very good life friend of mine. He, he passed away when I was doing my contract in 2015. You know, two weeks before he passed away, uh, I said, look, I'm coming back in October, we'll skate. And then like two weeks after that, we we found out he died in his uh, apartment. We just said, yeah. what? Like I spoke to him two weeks ago. What? Like there, there was nothing wrong there. Um, like I didn't get a sense of uh, depression or anything. Like, so then I've, I've really said, nah, like I'm, Everything I'm going to do because he, I would rock up to his house at eight, nine in the morning. He'd be still waking up, and it was like I'd be in his backyard and a little pea rail that went over the grass. Yeah. Which that that was that was my proving ground, mm-hmm. like where I learned everything, all my all the one foot tricks. Because he had this perfect pea rail off from the concrete to the grass where we used wood landing, and that's that that's pretty much where. I'd spend my Saturday mornings because I was at school, so it was really the weekends. I'd get there and just uh, – it was myself and Paulie Hack. We would uh, go through all our little, you know, switch-ups and just – like like we'd spend hours and hours just perfecting yeah, yeah. just one just one grind. And it, it really made me decide, like, no, I'm going to stick rollerblading. Like I, I, I don't get paid a single dollar for what I do. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm purely doing it for the love and the sport, Good which on, is man. now – uh, I've jumped into the instructing coaching side for actually for the past two three years, and it's now about trying to just nurture the sport. It's it like getting sponsors is not for the the thing of like oh I'm sponsored anything like that. No, it's none of that. It's just well hey someone wants me to ride this product and I'll I'll endorse it if I actually generally like it and well, know it's thing. when things benefits. are small it's kind of. Like you really do recapture the whole point of that, right? They're trying to get their product out there. You're trying to get their product out there. You're both trying to get the sp- like it. You know, when it's so small, you really you realize how much you do need each other and the way it should be, right? You know, you're both wanting yeah. to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. 
Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's it's a full circle yeah. where, like, back in the day, I've I've watched, uh, I've I've heard a lot of stories and watched Barely Dead, where, mm. you know, back in '97 there was over 27 million participants. Yeah. Where I think nowadays you'd be lucky to push a hundred thousand people in the world. That's that's not including China, because I know for a fact in China, there's in the millions of participants. Mm. Um, so that, that's what really gave me the urge. Like I, yeah, I had a good salary and things like that. And I was just said, no, 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 you know, yeah, I heard someone the other happiness. day who was, who was, I was listening to some podcast and someone was saying, um, in the end you, you know, you, you get people wreck skating and eventually you're going to get yum dung kids going, I want to jump off stuff. You know, and then yeah. that, and then that feeds the aggressive skating, and so basically, the the more you can push up the wreck, uh, inevitably, people. You know, it's like with scooters, right? You know, no one thought those things were going to be anything more than something for primary schoolers, but the primary oh. schoolers become thirteen year olds, and they go, "I bet you, I can drop in on it," and and then you you end up with the crazy. Yeah, stuff it, it all there, starts yeah. from there, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. but then like that's that's pushing the limits, that's pushing the boundaries. Yeah. Um, I, I was actually there when Cody Donovan did the first ever front flip in Australia. It was in a little awesome. a little park in uh, Mossvale, and yeah. it was for like a skater HQ demo. Huh. And I remember that they were like, "Yeah, this is like some one, one of the world's first." Yeah. And I remember seeing he actually took an entire he actually took a run up from the grass by about like ten twenty meters across the entire skate park, which probably about thirty meters, just to do a front flip that was maybe about close to you know, chest height out of the quarter, but he laced it first go. Awesome. And that was, that was groundbreaking. I think that was, oh, I was on shadows back then. So that would have been like 2006, maybe early mm. 2007. Um, so like, I, I remember like seeing the scootering go from that. And now you see Ryan Williams doing a front flip down yes. a double set over a rail. Like that, that just popped up. <laughs> you, you just see that, these guys ass. have yeah. have gone and taken it to that complete next level. Yeah. To the fact, I saw him even do like a, f- uh, a fakey, I don't know, illusion backflip five forty thing down the stair. You don't you don't even know what it is because again, it's on a scooter. It's a different. Yeah. They got different names and things. But you see the guys pushing their sport, and you're like, wow. yeah, that's what you want to see. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Feed anything. You feed the rec level, rec skating level, and it's people are going to try and do crazy stuff. You know, very soon yeah. you get young young people going. I bet you I can do that on it. <laughs> I bet you I can. Yeah, like and off you go. Yeah, yeah definitely. And mm. like I remember my first time. I I was actually probably about five years old. Um, I had a pair of rollerblades, and I only probably did it for a couple of months because, uh, um, like, uh, when I did it then, it was only a couple of months. And I, I remember just going around like a soccer field, mm. um, just around and around and around, going backwards as well just for a couple of months and it stopped because mum and dad got so busy with work they didn't really have the time to take me down to the park so I jumped back uh, on the inline skates in 2000 actually I was about 13 I would say around that time so I think it was about the beginning of 05 and it was during a vacation care which one friend had the Majestic 12s uh, pop rivet sole plate, like there was no mm. grinding on it. They had the the white, um, the white uh, Roshi's grind plate on them. Um, no real sole plate, and he said, "Yeah, yeah, like 
just just go buy a pair of rec skates and you know bring them bring them to the vacation care and on my first day i was already like 316 down seven stairs i said hang on i've got i've still actually still had the brake on the back of these skates um i said well i kind of have a little bit of a a natural talent at this i'm gonna keep at it and like uh and my entire family were like, ah, oh, you, you know, you, you're not going to make anything from it, none of that. But it was just my persistence and me just wanting to be patient and let it just slowly form. And Sweet. hell, it's it's taken me to China. It's taken me to Brazil. Um, <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I've traveled to like a couple of different little small cities around China. And it's all just in the, the pursuit of finding that perfect rail that perfect kink route just just those little different things and everything i do around china it's you know you're somewhat of a role model but everyone will remember you because you do stand the hell out yeah man yeah it's especially long blonde hair blue eyes sort of a thing <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't, don't even need skates to stand out hey um let me let me with the time i've got remaining a quick a couple of quick questions let me get some pro tips out of you so i'm i'm trying to learn to get trying to work on backslide so what are your pro tips i i everyone always i'm, I'm going to say that to everyone when you're learning it's all right to step on do it it's all right uh-huh. because you know with a backslide you you know, you're balancing with the weight and pressure on your heel and toe. Yeah. So to, to get the balance, you've, you've got to really, like, use your toes to push forward if you're going too back or use your heel if you're too forward. But then again, the other foot, if you're not grabbing it, that's actually like your counterweight. So uh, effectively, you know, I'd say learn them without doing grabs first so you can learn the general yep. balancing position and – Another big thing too is your head, which it, which like wherever your head goes forward, back, left, right, your body's going to follow. Yep. It's definitely going to follow. Um, I've actually got a YouTube channel in the works. I'm just trying to uh, smash out a couple of edits cool. for like trick uh, uh, trick tips. Yep. Uh, again, I know there's so many so many people on on that sort of trick tip thing, but it's just I think uh, it's good though because like, t- the way someone will think about a trick. Often, like, you know, it's you might go through three or four people telling you something until someone says it in a way that makes sense to you, and then you go, and then it clicks, <clears> right? And then you go, the way Ollie explained it is the way I needed to hear it, that then, bam, it's all happening. You know what I mean? Like, there's so in some ways, I think too much, you know, when you're learning something, you often want to hear everyone tell you how to do it because you never know what thing is the missing ingredient that someone else took for granted. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And what I'm trying to do is actually talk about weight distribution between the two feet to the one foot grinds. So like on a sole grind, you really want to have like close to 60, 70% on the sole foot where the front foot, you want to have, you know, 30, 40% because that, that front foot will actually help um, balance you on the rail as well. Especially if you're going to go to like a straight rail that curves, because then you can dip your toe into the curve or dip your heel into the curve Yep. Um, and it will turn you with that. It will keep you in the curve to keep on the ground. Mm. So I've, I've just been trying to find different spots like that. So we've got that in the works. Plus there is a video blog coming out soon with uh, myself and my missus living over here. Cool. And we're going to sort of off-branch that to like just my sort of day in the life and her sort of day in the life because we both do so many different things over here to the fact that someone's contracted me to find <laughs> 30,000 30, tons worth of chicken feet. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? Ch- chicken feet? <laughs> um, but no, the, the people yeah. in China and Hong Kong, they all love eating Delicious. chicken feet. Yeah. So, uh, like, like probably in the last about a week or so, I've been in touch with uh, multiple poultry farms in Brazil to try and uh, meet that order, which it's going to be a slow process, but, you know, again, at the end of the day, everyone wants to sort of not work for the man, mm. but make something on yeah. their own. Yeah. So, but, but really being here, there's opportunity left, right and center and the cost of living, man. Uh, I pay, what is it? I'm going to try and break it down for Aussie dollars. Um, yeah. One month's rent in a sweet little one bedroom apartment is probably about Mm, 200 or less than 250 Aussie dollars per month. Wow, that's that's how much you'd pay for parking for an hour in Sydney, eh? <laughs> yeah, close to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, like to the food, you can you can quite happily live on five to ten Aussie dollars a day, and that's three meals. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, like I've. Like, all my friends from Sydney are like, oh, you know, you've got to be balling, you're in a different country and stuff. I'm like, nah, it's just the cost of living is cheap as all hell. Yeah, yeah. I've got one final question for you, man, and that is you've yep. done a fair few, and you still do, fair few competitions, which is a different kind of beast all again. Um, wh- why? What do you like about them? All right, the, why I, the reason I love competitions is you pretty much have 45 seconds, close to a minute if you're lucky. It depends on the organization that runs it or the format, right? You've got the 45 seconds to one minute to put everything you know <laughs> together yeah. and make it clean and pretty much just perfect it, yep. um, which, yeah, everyone – I hate using this term because I actually enjoy street a lot more, but everyone calls me a damn park rat. <laughs> um, I just I, I love being able to just flow a park, find different lines, yeah. and it's for me it's somewhat of meditation. Like you know, you, you strap on those blades, you're on a park, um, you're on a park, and you can just the freedoms on your feet. You just uh, yeah. everything you forget uh, the second you start, you know, hitting a bit of a big big boost and everything. It just it, it all starts going, and I generally love the competitions because yeah, you've got to put everything together. It has to be, uh, it's, it's that precise. Yep. Um, and, and you, you know, you've only got those 45 seconds to make it happen, but yeah, fair enough. You've got three attempts at it. Like, you know, you've got your first run, second run, third run. Um, and, but the main thing that someone once told me was a competition is not won by who the best person is. It's just who skated at their best, at that short period of time, mm. you know, so, so you can be like the world's number one, but you know, something might be in the back of your mind. So you just like, you might fall or anything like that. It, again, it comes down to whoever skated the best, uh, to their ability at, for that short period of time. Yep. That's who won it. Yep. Yep. Um, which this year I was, I was meant to head over to Fils Montpellier, but being here, I only had like a one-entry visa. So if I left and I went and did it, um, I would have had to spend all my savings. That was pretty much keeping me afloat. Yeah. But then I would have, uh, I wouldn't have been able to come back into the country to live with my missus. So it was really a like, all right, I've got to weigh all this up. Yeah. Um, which I'm hoping. Uh, I can get to Feast Montpellier next year. Cool. Fingers crossed. Let, yeah, let, let, let's see if there's anyone that wants to get us there. Yeah, for um, sure. uh, To the point where we might um, we might even do some kind of a little bit of a fundraising 
Yeah, no, um, look, if you end up doing that, let here. us know, and yeah, we can sort of plug that through. I mean, obviously you've got big networks too, but, you know, let us know, and we can bang the drum for that, for sure. And, mm. yeah, because because I don't speak French, I don't know many French rollerbladers, yeah. uh, it was a little bit hard to sort of weigh up the pros and cons of, uh, if I go there and if I can't sleep, I need to get a hotel. Again, it was just uh, the little bit of the money factor, Yeah. Um, but, you know, everything I'm doing now is just for the pure happiness, um, to the point, but now I can push and nurture the sport here, which it's it's something I wanted to do since 2015. Cool. So the the, the entire competition scene, it's lively. Like honestly, I've, I've I've got plans on going over to Europe and following the entire summer competition thing. You've yeah. got uh, the Barcelona Extreme Games. You've got the I think Ghetto Games, which Niels Jansen pretty much organises and runs it. There's so many. So many competitions that go on during Europe, um, and that's like that, that's not even if I talk about South America or even well, like this is the crazy thing, North right? America. Like the America. Sport, you know, often we talk, you know, the, the the life of the sport. You know, Australians or Americans are talking about it, but I mean, you're seeing you're seeing China, you're seeing Europe and South America, and it's you know it's it's rising, right? Like there's you know there's amazing stuff happening it, and amazing scenes that if you're in you know California, you're not seeing it. You're in Sydney, you're not seeing it, but that's the future, hey, and it's you know that's exciting. Yeah, it's 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 all coming about like like slowly. I've been seeing like uh, just skaters organizing their own competitions, putting up their own pocket money for <laughs> which we've there's there's a couple of talks of making a little skate series in Oz again. Cool, I, like a little bit. Um, again, you know, in Oz when I first started, you had Queensland titles, uh, even ACT titles. New South Wales titles kind of fizzled out. They did hold one probably back in 08, maybe 07, and uh, Tia Nguyen had a lot to do uh, organizing with that. Um, there's always been a, a Vic titles and an ARO, but it's just slowly, slowly um, fallen into that bit of there's not that many participants, but like you, you rock up to a competition and see – 100, 200 people, like spectators always yeah. roll blades. But, you know, 10 people will enter. It's like, or 20 people will enter in a certain division. I'm not just saying that, you know, that's the entire whoever enters for that one day. But I've, I've seen it slowly get smaller and smaller and smaller where it's like, all right, come on, how can we stimulate this? How can we get more people to come? Mm. And eventually, you know, people just want to, like, it ends up being a big sort of party of you know uh, interstate friends catching up and mm-hmm. um, like um, I had to drive down to Melbourne two times in 2016 for the Vic Titles and the ARO. So again, because I'm driving and no one in the car could drive back or anything like that, I did the entire drive myself. Mm. It's like okay, if I go and send it and I bust something. I'm pretty much screwed. Like I need to be up for yeah. the Monday to get back to work sort of a thing. So you, yeah. you hold back a little bit, but again, mm. it's all about the fun and the love. You get to catch up with your mates, have a couple of bevies again, you know, <laughs> yeah. don't drink and skate, don't drink and drive, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like we've uh, been trying to just put something together where we can make a bit of a skate series. So, yep. you know, four or five different comps and um, the winner 
uh, at the very end, the one who's got the most points accumulated, could maybe jump on one of the China contracts to then, you know, uh, hone in six months of skating six days a week at a skate park that's damn scary. Like the jump yeah. box I was skating for two years in a row, the takeoff was like a BMX dirt jump. It's Whoa. seriously scary. Mm. But like after you spend six months on that, you go to anything else and you're like, Puh, all right, like I've, yeah. I've just sent these things over that. But again, every jump box is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it all sounds good, man. Yeah. Yeah, like the the skate series, it's it's a little bit on the hush hush side, but we, we we really want to try and do something. And because in Queensland, we're uh, Gerard from Velvet Couch Clothing, he actually can't uh, hold the rights role anymore, just because there's a, little, a couple of little things going on, um, just because of uh, you know the, the amount the amount of people to a street spot and just the police, just having like a hundred people at a street spot. Yeah. Um, there's some kind of a conflict with that. So, but again, you know, there's always the Queensland titles. And I, uh, I recently saw that um, they're going to be holding the ARO at Ramp Attack. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. This okay. year. Yeah. Which is like it's 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 great to have an ARO in Brisbane for once instead of <laughs> you know Sydney or Melbourne, yeah, even yeah. Canberra. Yeah. So it, it's good to see it's yeah. it's going up north now where uh, Queensland and Brisbane have so many amazing skate parks. I wish I could have uh, stopped over at the Cairns, the Cairns Skate Park, or even Townsville. Mm. So it's it's really good to see. It's it's still lively, yeah. but um, there, there is some talks about making some kind of a skate series going on. Sweet. It's exciting and, stuff. Watch this space, yeah. Yeah, and then also there, there might even be like a street skate series, but again, the street side of things is really hard to organize in mm. Oz. Um, because you, you want it all close. Like you don't want to have to yeah, go yeah, from yeah. one spot, travel travel an hour to the next spot. Yeah, you want yeah, that's right. all in the close central district. So there's a lot of planning and effort and organizing to go into it, but there are talks of a street skate series and the skate park skate series. Stay tuned. Hey, man, we might make mm-hmm. a wrap there, but thank you so much. That's, um, it's been no fun. No problem. Yeah. Oh, man, it's my pleasure to jump on this. Yeah. If it's possible, I can just do a quick shout-out to Sabre Skates. Of course, man. Um, yeah, Sabre Skates, Skater HQ, Velvet Couch Clothing, B13 Skate Bearings, which is dropping soon, Blade Club Wheels. It's a Chinese uh, brand, but I'm telling you, their wheels are legit. <laughs> so that's all them. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I want to thank CJ Wellsmore for – being me, Bob, like letting me be one of the representatives for his boot because, man, I will I will rep that to the day I die. I, I endorse the hell out of that. Sweet, yeah, awesome. Uh, it, again, again, it's uh, it's my pleasure for being on this. You know, thank you, and um, yeah, we'll we'll chat uh, sometime soon. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Have a good day. Uh, take it easy, mate. Take it easy. Catch up. Add Beef Rollerblading Podcast is produced by Mikey Lynch. Theme music by Edifice Architect. You can find us on Facebook and SoundCloud or subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. If you have any questions, comments, requests or podcast contributions, please message us on Facebook. To support the podcast, find us on Patreon and pledge a once-off or regular contribution. Even just two bucks a month, every little bit helps. See you later.